Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your favorite host, Robert Hunt, where I take the week's financial news. That can be a bit confusing, misleading, and take you off course, and I make it actionable, understandable, and clear. We got a great show for you this week. We're going to be looking at a book, a little book review for the listener. Peter Zion's The End of the World is Just the Beginning, and to what degree should we let books like this affect our investment philosophy. It's something that I have been faced with and others I know who have looked at books like this have. We're going to actually get a look into my life and how I receive financial advertising as a financial advisor. So I've got two advertisements I received. You're actually going to get to hear an actual voicemail from someone peddling a financial product. And we will look at federal Reserve Chairman Powell and why it is that what he says matters so much particularly now as a very large uh, move was made when he made a little comment. So at the top, let's look at this Peter Zion, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, to give you a brief overview of this book. And there are lots of books like this. So this is a general theme, but this is a book that details, as the title portends, that the world as it currently exists is going to be very different from the world that will exist in the very near future. Mr. Zion goes on to explain that globalization, as we see it today, where there's incredible interconnectedness between the United States, China, other countries with trade, that is going to go away and a more regional world with less safe trade patterns will emerge. Now, there's a whole long book he wrote about it. I think it's an entertaining book. I recommend it. I'm still digesting some of his pontificating. But books like this can actually really challenge an investment philosophy. I had a listener reach out to me with this very question this week saying, gosh, should I, as Zion's book might suggest, simply liquidate all of my foreign stock holdings at the focus of just United States stocks. Because one of Peter Zion's messages is that the United States has all these incredible advantages related to access to energy and navigable waterways and friendly neighbors to the north and south and oceans to the east and the west. All these things are true. Therefore, the United States will thrive as a country over the next couple hundred years and all these other various countries that your international exchange-traded fund or international mutual fund holds will struggle. And so it is, listener, what are we to do when a very learned, data-driven prognosticator like Peter Zion, and he's written other books besides The End of the World is Just the Beginning, but what are we to do? Because I have seen this happen, where you get a policy wonk, a Nostradamus of sorts, who is making all sorts of predictions, and without a captive mind taking captive those thoughts, we can begin to create an investment philosophy that is not grounded in orthodox financial beliefs. So in this example, <clears throat> what I did for the listener who asked me this question, I actually began to send them various data about international stock returns and what actually drives those and the holdings international, international exchange trade fund. Now, as you know, as my regular listeners, you know that international stocks have had a bit of a struggle lately. I went ahead and pulled up the uh, J.P. Morgan 
U.S. versus international stock chart data as of September 30th, 2022. The current streak we are on of outperformance by U.S. stocks versus international is 15 years, according to their data. The U.S. market's up about 210%. And so, of course, when someone like Peter Zion begins to explain that, that the U.S. is the best ever and the international is going in the toilet, well, as an investor, we don't need too many excuses to just rip the cord on our international holdings because it's been such a bear this last 15 years. Now, if we keep going back, interesting, okay? Prior to this 15-year run, international outperformed for 7.3 years at a 64% return. Now, prior to that, U.S., so it's kind of a baton in past and forth and back and forth. The U.S. outperformed kind of that late 90s, mid to late 90s period, 6.2 years, 220%. Then international had a quick outperformance. Then U.S., and it was just back and forth and back and forth. And then international had a big run. So it's not too different from the one the U.S. is on today. So it just ebbs and flows. So I find geopolitical strategists like Peter Zion to be intellectually stimulating and enjoyable to read, and I appreciate it. I am not taking their their data, their information, his, his suggestions on how the world will go. I'm not incorporating that in my investment. I'm not. I am willing to sail my ship into the harbor of diversification. And that is where I'm anchoring on a global level. And there are, whole, there are various other reasons as well, but just be wary because uh, there are going to be a lot of folks, particularly when the world is feeling geopolitically unstable, as it kind of always seems to be, but particularly now, when you watch the news, you see Russia, Ukraine, you, you feel what China is doing with uh, all their all their government shenanigans, and it does make you kind of feel like, oh, oh dear, should I, should I kind of retrench and not, not think about global securities? Nope. Stick with it, investor. That will make things much better for you in the long run. And then financial advertising. What financial advertising did I receive today? You get a voicemail. You're going to get a voicemail. This is the first at the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. Don't worry, listener. If you send me a voicemail, I will be sure to get your permission to share it. I This is someone that is, does not live in the United States, so it is not you. Don't worry. And it is not. it's a fine voicemail. But here we go. Let's have a listen right now. Hey, Robert, how are you? This is Ben giving you a call from Charters and Nickel. We're developing a high-grade nickel mine with $1 billion in asset value, ticker TTSRF. Send you an email here. Have a look. Let me know your thoughts. Take care. So as you heard, some buzzwords came out. And, and I, this, is, this is a call. It's a pretty simple call. It's just a stock. It's just a stock ticker. All they're doing is saying, hey, I've got something that I want you to buy. And I want to give you quick information about it, quick ticker symbol, nickel. Here you go, commodities boom. I went and looked it up. I went and actually reviewed the security and uh, looked at how it had had traded, looked at what asset they were talking about. As you know, I'm not an individual stock picker. I don't believe... Uh, it is worth your time, 95%, according to the Spiva report, fail in the stock picking game at the professional level. So why should you and I do it? But I went and looked at what this uh, 
stock promoter was was pitching, and it was uh, about a $20 million or so, this off the top of my head, market cap company, and there really wasn't a whole lot to it. Now that's, and that's not a surprise. So anytime you're getting a call about something, uh, you know, probably not a great idea if it's a, it's a stock. Now, it may be easy to chuckle and say, oh, how silly, I'd never fall for something like that. I wouldn't be so sure. As human beings, we are inclined to want to believe that we have an inside track, but typically that inside track has to be earned. So a, a little free phone call like that from a complete stranger about an industry you don't know, nope, didn't earn that. Probably not an opportunity. But if we are predisposed, what if, what if we had already been thinking or looking for something like that? Something to consider is that these advertisements for individual securities or any other investment, they do not get pushed your way unless there is interest in that particular industry or security. So right now, commodities, energy, uh, what was being picked, pitched is effectively an electric vehicle components play with nickel and a mine and commodities. All that will get pushed now because you're kind of thinking about it. The new cycle's already primed you up. Oh man, I need to do something. I need to be rotating into somewhere. I can't just stand still here and get smoked by the market. So just know that as these advertisements come, your your brain is going to be primed to accept them. But go back to those first principles of investing when they come your way. No, I'm going to be low cost. I'm going to be diversified. I'm going to stay in my circle to, circle of competence. Have I ever run a nickel mine? I have not. Have I ever known anyone? Who's known anyone who's run a nickel mine? I have not. Have I ever visited a nickel mine? Again, no. So you and I are probably not a, a fit my nickel listeners, um, I guess you guys are. Text me if you are. I don't know anybody that is. But we can let that pass. Another advertisement I saw, and I'm seeing more of this, um, this was sent to me as a, a and the reason why I get that call is because I'm, I'm on some list as a registered investment advisor, but I got this advertisement, Proprietary Advanced AI Brain, pinpoints where the market is going with up to 87.4% proven accuracy one to three days before it happens. This is Vantage Point, published on, uh, it's actually published on December 2nd, Friday, December 2nd, 11.30 a.m. Vantage Point's advanced AI brain recently predicted four trend reversals for Moderna. Investors have the potential to capture 316.19% in gains. So 316% in gains, but unfortunately, the ad goes on. Many retail investors failed to take it seriously and missed out. And this ad is about four pages of just rich psychological assault on our brains. It goes on and on about this is, this is the opportunity for you. Uh, the accuracy rate will only increase from this as, as, the, as the team fine-tunes their software using real-world data. We won't stop until they're the most accurate stock prediction engine around, he says. This is this gentleman who somehow got interviewed by NASDAQ. There's a picture of this guy um, with a you know, very professional looking screen behind him. Whenever I see things like these, I always want to forward these to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Texas State Securities Board, and say, where are we on this one, guys? What, 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 how did this leak through the system? So, but I believe this is meaningful to talk about because this sort of thing will assault the long-term investor for as long as you live. For as long as you live, someone out there will tell you, hey, there's a much better way to allocate capital than the way you're doing it. And oh, by the way, and then you might be wondering, what, what is the pitch? It says, 
Vantage Point. This group is hosting a free live training revealing an advanced suite of indicators that traders of any experience level can use to predict market moves across all markets, even Forex. And now I will confess, I recall buying a system like this years ago or looking at this, and I thought this made all the sense in the world. It was an, it was an indicator, and it would, when it turned green, you could buy the stocks. When it turned red, you wouldn't buy the stocks. And it, you know, it valued every stock, and you just click the ones that were green. How hard could it be? How hard could it be? They couldn't make it any more simple. That's basically what this advertisement is saying is, hey, we've got this super software AI. It's going to tell you what to buy, not to buy. You, if you're not able to go real quickly to first principles, those first principles, as Elon Musk likes to say in, in his physics with Tesla, but those first principles of investing, say, all right, whoa, why is that a lie? Well, this is an active strategy. It's a departure from market cap indexing. The SPIVA report tells me that 95% of the time, the index wins over a 15-year period. 95% of the time. So when someone advertises something like this, it just, the math doesn't work. And it says everything we, I want this to be true. Goodness, wouldn't this be wonderful? We can, there's 87% proven accuracy. I mean, I don't know how the lawyers don't just sue this thing to bits, but I'm sure there's some small fine print that absolves them of any guilt. Um, I haven't found this small print, but again, this is a psychology thing. Our brains are looking for something like this. Oh, great. Doesn't involve hard work. Doesn't involve delayed gratification. Doesn't involve longer time horizon. Doesn't involve a whole lot other than trust. I just have to, it's the great man theory, the great AI theory. If I can just outsource this to the AI, because I know I can't do it. I know I don't want to be responsible. I'll just outsource this to this brain. That will be my salvation as an investor. Nope. Go back to those first principles. Simple wins, low-cost wins, long-term wins. Anytime someone purports to have these proven accuracy systems, you think, huh, I wonder why the Harvard Endowment and Yale Endowment can't beat a 60-40 stock bond index. But vantage point can. <laughs> Pass. And in closing, CNBC article, Wednesday, November 30th, Fed Chair Powell, and this is Headline, Fed Chair Powell says smaller interest rate hikes could start in December. Subheadline, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell confirmed Wednesday that smaller interest rate increases are likely ahead and could start in December. But he cautioned that monetary policy is likely to stay restrictive for some time until real signs of progress emerge on inflation. We will stay the course until the job is done, he said during a speech in Washington, D.C. at the Brookings Institution. So I looked this up because I checked my stock app on my iPhone, which of course I don't recommend. Do as I say, not as I do. And I noticed, whoa, on Wednesday, what is going on? Everything is just popping. Bonds are up. Stocks are up. And in a real big manner at a real quick pace. So I thought, well, somebody said something. Something happened. So here I go. I look at CNBC and here it is. Mr. Jerome Powell gave language that the stock market, all those buyers and sellers coming together, trading securities, decided was bullish, meaning it was an indication that he will not raise rates as much as the market had already anticipated he would raise rates. Now, that is where things get a little confusing because this is, this is something I want listener for us all to understand is the stock market has already baked in every expectation about interest rate increases or decreases to date. And they, everyone's, all that information is included with all the other information about earnings and 
geopolitics and who knows what. But a big mover in the stock market is the interest rate level. We've talked about in the past that interest rates are kind of that benchmark that every other asset class anchors to on what is required of me. If the if the U.S. Treasury is paying 4% for a six-month Treasury note, or six-month Treasury bill, excuse me, six-month Treasury bill, you got to use that nomenclature quickly, it just sets the bar for everyone. Has So values can go down as rates go up. Okay? So when Jerome Powell says, you know, we may not have to raise quite as much as we thought, that's why you see this big pop. Now, listener and investor, is this predictive? Predictive? Can we go in and seek to anticipate these moves? What is the answer? Eh, we cannot. What's evidence of this is these other investors also did not anticipate this. And you are trying to get into some, You're not just getting inside Jerome Powell's head. Oftentimes we can think as investors, oh, if I just know what Jerome Powell's going to do, wouldn't that just be the end of my troubles? No, you have to get, know what everyone else is going to do who's anticipating what Jerome Powell's going to do. The stock market is a combination of buyers and sellers exchanging all the time at a price that, that both find desirable. So as those prices go up, it's because, oh, wow, these future earnings streams, these future income streams, I think, this, I think it's worth paying up for because I think the market's thinking that maybe interest rates won't have to go up as high. So that should sound a little crazy. There's a little bit of craziness there. And when you hear that, you think, oh, wow, that, that's a little mad. It, it is a little mad, especially in the short term. It feels just absolutely insane. But there are folks who will spend their entire investing lives seeking to anticipate what these policymakers will do with monetary policy. Don't be one of them. You'll, it'll feel like you're in a madhouse. Warren Buffett once said, if I had, and this is when Alan Greenspan was Federal Reserve Chair, if I had Alan Greenspan whispering in one ear and he said some other federal bank whispering another, it would not change a thing he did. And now why would that be? If, even if they told him what, he was gonna, what they were going to do, he wouldn't change a thing Buffett did. Because Buffett had a 50, 100-year time horizon. He still has a 100-year time horizon, even as a 90-something-year-old. That is the time. We've, we've got to have that sort of time horizon to be successful investors, or we will get chopped up in the, in the news cycle like this, seeking to get in or get out based on what the Federal Reserve will do. Don't be like that. It's tempting to do, which is why you're letting me catechize you on not doing it and being a listener. Thank you for being a listener. But be be sharp. Take care of those thoughts when these articles come out. And, and remember, as a long-term investor, this is not something you want to you want to try to play with. So as always, got to keep those costs low. Keep that investing simple. Keep that time horizon long. That's what's going to give you the best shot as an investor 